This is life-giving. Matter of fact, it's the best news you'll receive all day. But first, a little context for this radical message. The subject was friendship. I was speaking to a group of women describing the nature of a true friend. A true friend is someone who says to another, I am for you. I will cheer you on. I will believe the best in you. I will release you of my expectations of you. I will pray for you. I will hold you close in my heart, but not demand you be close at my side. I will show up for you if you need me. I will keep your confidences. The introduction to a study I wrote, retreat I conducted, called Becoming the Friend You'd Like to Have. To be for someone means I try my best to identify with him, celebrate his victories, and mourn his setbacks. It means I deeply and sincerely wish him well. At its utmost, if I am for someone, it means I would get in the trenches and fight for him, sacrifice for him, and yes, I might even give my life for him. God is that kind of friend. God is for us. What's more, our Father is that kind of God. Again, Romans chapter 8. Starting in verse 31, just a few verses, Paul writes, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. Oh, I love that. That one line surely must scream off the page at you, doesn't it? If God is for us, who can be against us? Rightly understanding this truth changes everything. If God is for us, who can be against us? Well, we know God is for us because he gave us his son, which if he did that, then he will graciously give us all that we need. God has chosen us and then justified us, that is, made us right with him, so no one can condemn us. Jesus died for us, rose again, sits next to his Father in heaven, and prays for us. Oh yes, I would say that God is for us. Interestingly enough, any Jew who knew the scriptures well would identify with Paul's wording about God not sparing his own son, giving him up. You see, that was what God had said about Abraham in Genesis chapter 22. You have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Do you see how brilliantly Paul constructed these several verses? Packed with meaning, the gospel in brief, 
the heart of God displayed and a clear way that Jewish Paul spoke to the heart and mind of the Jewish reader in the first century until today. Since our God is for us, no one can condemn us. Is that true? Many of us forget that and allow others to condemn us. I would have to say in various ways. We let them wag their long finger at us with the harsh sting of criticism, the shaking head of disapproval, the regular reminders of our failures. And the result is that it affects our thinking and we lose sight of what God thinks. Regularly, I am reminded of Jesus' teaching in John chapter 10. Ever the brilliant teacher, master of the word picture, Jesus describes himself as our good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. Whereas the enemy comes only to steal and kill and destroy, Jesus comes to give us abundant life, a rich and satisfying life. Along with David, I'm going to add this to my daily prayer, this recognition, Lord, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I ask you, if God is for you, then who can be against you? Goodness gracious. Listen to this song by that title. He gave me a story to tell You wrote a new chapter in me When I thought that I was done You had only just begun You started when I was a child And nothing has stopped you since Your words are flowing now Through me then and through me now And it's sweeping me off of my 